Let's uh, go to God in prayer as we enter his word. Father, we thank you for your word that you gave it to us in words and phrases and our own language. That when you would inspire its authors uh, to write that we would understand. That you would give translators that your word could continue to reach to all nations as was the plan from the beginning. So we thank you today for the opportunity to delve into your word, to look at it not just for the sake of wisdom and understanding, but to look at it for the sake of life change and the continuing of your kingdom being built in our own lives and in your world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to head to Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible with you, you can go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 14 here in a few moments. But I want you to think about, have you ever wanted to drive or get to a destination that you had never been to before and maybe it made you a little bit nervous? You know, maybe now, though, isn't the best time to think about that because we live in the age of GPS where you pull out your phone and the worst thing that happens if you miss a turn is it says recalculating. And then you have to make a different turn, but you'll end up at the same destination. But I recall back a few years ago when, uh, more than a few years ago, when I was a kid, my family and I would travel. And I don't know how most families would travel, but my parents would contact AAA. And what they would do is they would come up with this, like, booklet of where we were to drive. I see some people nodding. And so you would, you would follow the booklet. And that there was always this thing where you needed to look and see where you were supposed to be going, what were the landmarks or what were the signs that you were supposed to see, and you have to keep your eyes peeled because you've never been that way, there before. You don't know where it is, and so you need to pay attention to the signs to see where you need to turn. Because if you fall asleep, not at the wheel or driving or anything, but if your co-pilot falls asleep and you miss a sign, you could go down the road quite a ways and just miss it. You could miss the signs that were pointing to the end, the destination. You know, in the same way, like we would maybe look at those AAA booklets or the way you would look at your GPS to get to a destination, the Israelites would study the book of Daniel. 
because the book of Daniel spoke of the destination. It was, the destination was the day of the Lord, and, and they were trying to figure out when was that going to happen? When was God going to come back and judge all the nations? When was the next thing going to take place? And so they kept their eyes peeled for the different signs that were happening so that they would know the time is now. They tried to figure out the timeline, thinking, okay, it's supposed to be, I think, 480 years after the end of the exile, we're going to see this. So between 400 to 500 years after the exile, the Israelites had their eyes peeled for signs to see if, if they were in that moment, to see if the time had come now. If you take that to today, it's, it's almost like the way people would read the book of Revelation or other apocalyptic literature and, and try to see the signs and try to understand when it is that Jesus is going to come back. So they, they were devoutly looking at these words, this book of Daniel. You know, and as they did that, they really, we talked about, they didn't really think that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't have all the right signs. They thought this guy was going to be some military leader overthrowing the kingdoms, coming to judge the nations, and, and that wasn't who, who Jesus was. But then they continue. The disciples, afterwards, they were waiting after Jesus left them, and they're waiting in Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost, and, and there they are gathered with many different people, many different nations gathered in this one city during this time where everybody had their eyes peeled to see what was going to happen when the day of the Lord was going to come. And then all of a sudden, some people started speaking some languages they didn't really know. They hadn't spoken them before. And yet, People from all these different nations could understand and hear their own language. People from all over the world heard the language and they were perplexed. So let's read Acts chapter 2. Actually, we're going to start at verse 12. I have that up there, yes. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. 
The sun will return to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. After receiving the Spirit, which we didn't cover in verses 1 through 11, the disciples, mainly Peter, Peter stood up among the eleven and immediately began the work of witnessing in Jerusalem. It was kind of what Jesus was speaking about last week. You remember that great commission that we covered where, where the disciples would be the, the center of the beginning of the church, that they would begin in Jerusalem after waiting for the power on high, and they would begin to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and in all of Galilee and then to the ends of the earth. So they they wait, and, and Peter and the rest of the disciples receive the Spirit of God within them, and they immediately, just like that, go right into action. He stood up with the eleven and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Peter, inspired by the Spirit, helps those people who are looking for the day of the Lord to be enlightened by what God has shown him through the Spirit. He's saying, you're not experiencing some just weird behavior among people. The disciples aren't just acting weirdly, but this is a signpost that is pointing to something that is happening today. They didn't somehow hide their knowledge of multiple other languages for such a time as this. Instead, the Spirit gave them utterance, the ability to speak, and and the Spirit gave the ability of the hearers to hear. And Peter uses this quote from the book of Joel to address and to show the people the signpost. It's a road sign that Peter doesn't want all of the people gathered in Jerusalem to miss. To explain what is happening right now and that this has been God's plan all along. That, that what is happening right now is God pouring His Spirit out upon all people, fulfilling this prophecy in other ones where, where uh, even Moses would wish that all people would be able to inhabit the Spirit of God. I think that's Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. You see, the thing about the book of Joel, which is another book that they would have studied, is the book of Joel isn't just about the day of the Lord, the the judgment of God coming in. It's not just about fearing and trembling God. Instead, it was about something more. uh, it It was pointing to the last days and a new creation and a new work that God was going to be doing with His people. And it was going to start with His own people when He would pour upon all of them His Spirit. And they would all be essentially prophets. God inhabiting His people 
directly. And right in front of everyone's eyes in Jerusalem, as they became witnesses of it, servants of God received the Spirit of God through a powerful act where they saw dancing flames on one another's heads, where they spoke in languages, but where also the Spirit gave Peter utterance to preach the good news of Jesus, to show Jesus as the Messiah. To say, now we're living in this land that's in between. This was one of the things that was going to happen before the day of the Lord would happen, is now we are in this middle ground. A continuation of everything that we've believed before. We're we're inhabiting God's Spirit, but yet He has not come. He has not come to enact the day of the Lord yet. And the beautiful thing about this Spirit is that it's an inclusive Spirit. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And it it goes even on to talk about servants, male and female, who will receive the Spirit of God. It's the inclusive nature of the Spirit which mirrors the inclusive nature of God. Hoping that all his people, all his followers would be able to have this intimate relationship with him, that all his people would be able to be used by the Spirit to be directed in their life. And they use the example of prophecy, seeing visions and and dreaming dreams. Those were all ways that God would speak to people, to give them a message to share with others. And so now each individual person has been given the ability to receive messages from God. Largely, we we usually say that they come in this way, right, through, through Scripture, God's special revelation to us. But the Spirit can affirm those things and and bear witness to them in our life that we would understand. The Spirit doesn't care what social class you're in because it's the servants as well that receive the Spirit. The Spirit does not create distinction of those who the Spirit will enter. There is no restriction just that that person must call upon the name of the Lord. Even young people receiving the Spirit in old people, sons and daughters and grandpas and grandmas. Prophetic voices speaking out into the world what has come to pass. Those words that we speak out, not about something that's necessarily in the Old Covenant because Paul changes the meaning to show something that it's coming that is in the New Covenant that comes through Jesus Christ because later on he points to Christ. That it is in Christ that you need to trust. 
that then you will receive the Spirit. And it goes on to be f- so fruitful that 3,000 people are baptized and follow Christ. Because here's the thing that the Spirit enables Peter to do. The, the Spirit giving Peter utterance points to Christ to allow him to fulfill the mission that Christ has given his people. That's why we see him immediately after receiving the Spirit. We said he went right into action, talking about what was happening, explaining the signposts of where this is pointing. And the Spirit will will point us to salvation. It will point us to Christ. An opportunity for all the people witnessing to, to reorient their life by the signposts that they're seeing so they can follow Christ and his signposts going forward. See, the Spirit doesn't, doesn't really build up himself. Instead, the Spirit builds up Christ. And he reinterprets this verse 21, Peter does, by, by the, the wisdom of the Spirit to reinterpret this last part, like I said, through the lens of the new covenant through Jesus. The Spirit shows Peter of the nearness of God. That as they have themselves, those who believe in Christ, have received the Spirit, they too will show others the nearness of God's presence in their own life, that they too could experience that nearness and that love of the Father, that love of Christ that comes by way of the Spirit. You could say this is the climax of the quote of the prophet Joel. It was declaring that before the day of the Lord is going to happen, there's this opportunity that anyone who is going to call on the name of the Lord, anyone who's going to call on Jesus Christ, will be saved. It's not a moment of fear waiting for God to come and the judgment to happen, but instead it is a moment of deliverance and salvation in the name of Jesus. And it's interesting how how Peter goes on to do that. Because in verse 36, I think I have it here, yep. As he's talking to this group of people that had gathered for Pentecost, it's it's many days after the resurrection of Jesus. It's, It's even more days after the crucifixion of Jesus. And he says, God has made this Jesus whom... You crucified. That would be like me saying, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. Right? They probably weren't even there. But he says, God has made this Jesus who you crucified, Lord and Messiah. This is the one that you have to trust. This is who the signs have been pointing to because of his resurrection. Now we have received the Spirit of God which has been spoken about earlier in Joel. And salvation has come to us through Jesus Christ. Don't 
miss the signpost that is happening right now, Peter says. And it's interesting who Peter's talking to. These people, whoever was there, whoever was in earshot, whoever was close to this upper room in which they were hiding out, it wasn't, the Spirit didn't start with the people in the temple. It started with some group of disciples and then speaking it into existence among people of many different nations and 3,000 of them coming to follow. It didn't start in the temple. The Spirit didn't start by pouring out into the chief priests and the teachers of the law and those people who you would normally think it would work through. Instead, the Spirit was going to begin a new thing where all people, not just this one select group of Levites, would now be able to be the mouthpiece of God. That they would receive the Spirit and the Spirit would give them utterance to what has happened in their life by way of Jesus Christ. It started through a people who, who weren't these bunch of revolutionaries plotting violence. Didn't happen that way. It was just by the 12 disciples. Well, there's a new one now that happened earlier. Uh, there's Matthias. Anyway, that's something else. Uh, the 12 disciples that the Spirit poured on that said they were going to follow Jesus and declare his message to the nations beginning in Jerusalem. That they would be unable to stop speaking about Christ. And we'll later see that in, in the Jesus Storybook Bible. There is someone that says, I'm going to put a stop to this. And even that person who we know now as, as Paul would never stop speaking about what Christ has done in their life. That's what the Spirit does in us. That's what the Spirit works through us. That's what the Spirit, why the Spirit gives us utterance is to point to Christ. That's why one of our values here at Princeton is we focus on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the only way to salvation. He is the only reason we are able to communicate with God. He is salvation. It is through Him that we receive the Spirit to continue on that mission together of living for God, of loving our neighbors, of leading people to Christ. And it's not just for us because we follow that mission that God has given us. That mission that was spoken of so far ago, even in the book of Joel, that all people who follow Christ, all people who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's a promise Peter will later say, it's a promise for all people. Your children, yes, your children, but even greater than that. It's a promise for all those who were far off. 
all those who would consider them far off from Christ. This is a promise that's extended to them that they too may be brought near by the blood of Christ. The great equalizer, you could say. That no matter how you lived your life earlier, if you choose to to say, I'm not following my own way anymore. Instead, I am going to, to turn because of what Christ has done and follow Him that you would be saved and receive the Spirit. And 3,000 souls that day alone were saved. And if you go through the book of Acts, you'll see more and more and time after time more people calling upon the name of the Lord being baptized and saved. The disciples living out that purpose. And that's what we're invited into. We're invited into the Spirit giving utterance through us that we too can point to Christ that all those who are far off may be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that it's your spirit that gives utterance. It's your spirit that gave Peter the wisdom to to go to the prophet Joel and to share that word with those who were listening. Because when we recognize that it's your spirit working within us, it, it takes the edge off. Too often I think we say to ourselves, well, I don't know what I would say. I've never done that before. I can't. Well, Peter didn't say that though, did he? Because he knew the power that your spirit had to use the words that you had given him for your glory, for the glory of Christ, that others may get to know you more fully and wholly that they too may be endowed by that Spirit and continue this mission of disciple-creating, 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 disciple, an unbreaking chain that somehow led to us as people, as ones who have received the Spirit, as ones who understand Christ, that we too could just be a link in the chain that you would use us each and every day. Lord, it's our prayer that you would use us, that we would glorify you in how we live, and that your spirit within us would make much of Christ in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.